Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today on episode 143 of Typical Chicago Fans, we have Sinkers and Floaters, the TCF Sports Minute, our media recommendations, a college football preview interview with our guy Bobby Wilson, and the TCF Top 3 of College Football Helmets. Let's roll. Welcome to episode 143 of Typical Chicago Fans, brought to you by our incredible sponsor, Connect Roasters Coffee. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Typical underscore Chicago. Head to Facebook and Instagram, type in Typical Chicago Fans, give those pages a like for all of our content in video form. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page, just type in Typical Chicago Fans in YouTube and hit that red subscribe button. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, check us out there. Leave a uh, rating or review if you can. Like I said, wherever, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, wherever you get them, we are there. Make sure that you follow Zach on Twitter at TCF, and you can find me there as well at BoomyTCF. Zach, we are officially dead in the middle of August, and I cannot complain about the weather, man. It's barely, you know, it's upper 70s, low 80s. I'm loving this right now. I don't know about you, man. Any day that there's no humidity, it's a win. So um, that's kind of staying away. It's been like high 80s, low. It's been, it's been getting down into like the, the low 70s at nighttime. Um, yeah, last night. Beautiful um, weather. Little peek behind the curtain. We recorded our interview with Bobby on Tuesday night. Or no, that was Monday night. And I got back from your house, and it was 64 degrees. It was a nice little brisk temperature. And then I think all day I was literally it was like 78, 79, a nice little breeze. Man, this is – I could get used to this. This is, must be what it's like to live in San Diego, California. This is really nice. I'm a big fan. But, um, but let's jump into it. As always, leading off the show, we have sinkers and floaters. <laughs> And I'll get started with my sinker, and that is cell phones. And that is because um, a uh, infielder from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Rodolfo Castro, um, was sliding into third base the other day in a game. And uh, Rodolfo had his phone in his pocket, and it popped out and landed on the field. Um, If you've seen the video, um, an umpire, uh, the third base umpire kind of points to the ground, letting him know that his, his phone fell out of his pocket. And then um, he was issued a one-game suspension uh, by Major League Baseball. Obviously, going back to the That's cheating scandal, um, you know, with the Astros, any sort of technology like that, you cannot have on the field. But like, dude, what are you doing? Like, I get, and I think what's I was, he going uh, to do with this pocket though? He can't, he can't pull it out of there and look at it. You're going to see it. 
Yeah, but you can't even have him on the bench. I, I understand. I understand. But I think this is a little wild. Yeah. And, and, like, obviously a lot of that is in lieu of the cheating scandal, you know, with the Astros and everything. But, like, dude, come on. Leave your phone in your locker. You're getting paid a good amount of money. Like, you're a rookie. You don't want – you don't want stuff like this popping up for people to kind of give them fuel to the fire. Like, oh, you're getting suspended the game because you don't know, you know, to put your – and I'm sure it was one of those he put it in his pocket, he wasn't expecting to play, and got told to go in there and pinch run or pinch hit and didn't even think about it. But you can't be doing that, man. What are you doing? Well, for anyone who's ever worn baseball pants, you know how easily that's going to slide out of your back pocket. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, just a dumb mistake. Typical pirate yeah, stuff, think- though. My sinker, though, uh, we were talking about how nice it's been. The only bad thing is it's been getting darker earlier. The sun has been going down earlier every day. Um, it's not that bad yet, but in a few in a few weeks here, it's going to be real sad. About four or five o'clock. Oh man, that's we don't even want to talk about you know daylight savings time yet because that's going to be brutal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's that's Awful. that's not First. too far off in the future. No, it's not. So I am uh, I'm trying to soak up as much as I can golfing later and later, but it, it's going to be it's going to be six, seven o'clock here in the next just few weeks where it's going to be getting dark out earlier. And I can live with that. I can live with seven o'clock. The ones that I struggle with is is when you, you know, leave I know work but the, at the, five it's, o'clock. Just the, it's the process of going backwards. It's what sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's never fun. Hopefully, once we finally get rid of daylight savings time, we can be done with that yeah. nonsense. But they always say know, that there's like a bill that's going to be passed or whatever. I, I I haven't seen anything happen yet. Last I've heard that this is going to be like this year or like once we change the clocks back in March, um, like this coming March, that we're not doing it again. But I also haven't heard anything about it since around that time. So, so we'll see. Um, Moving into floaters, uh, mine is an actual uh, floating animal here, um, and that is the uh, Greenland shark. And if you don't know much about Greenland sharks, these things are huge, and they are very old. Um, Researchers tagging tiger sharks off of the southern coast of Belize um, reeled in a uh, much different shark than they were expecting when it turned out to be a Greenland shark that are typically found in the Arctic Ocean and have been known to live up to 500 years old. Um, They're not sure exactly how old this one is, uh, but this is just one of those, um, you know, things where you're in Belize, you're expecting to see tiger sharks, and you see this shark that's supposed to be in the Arctic Ocean, and it is much, much bigger than a tiger shark. Um, They said it just kept getting closer and closer and bigger and bigger, um, and it just freaked them out yeah those things are terrible that thing is dead in the eyes yes that is a greenland shark and that that thing looks like pure evil that looks like it has no emotion in it is in its eyes and anything that can live to be 500 years old looks old yeah it just looks yes yes um i don't believe they have uh done their research on this one yet to find out how old it was but they said they normally uh go as deep as seven thousand feet uh, so for this one to be surfacing, um, especially in Belize, is, you know, something they're not very used to. Uh, I think this guy's a little bit lost. Um, but, yeah, imagine you're just out there, you know, you're looking for a certain type of smaller shark, a tiger shark, and then you get this gigantic 500-year-old shark just floating up to the boat. That's terrifying. The bottom of the ocean freaks me out. 
there's always I know a, there's like, like no there question. is no real bottom but how far it goes it just it blows my mind so that you know that question where people always say like what do you think we know more about space or the the oceans like I get that we don't know a lot about the oceans, but like you can never quantify how much we know about space being that it's infinite, infinite, you know, mm -hmm. like that, yeah, that are, where do you sit on that? What do you think we know more about? It just depends on what there's more of, because I guess the ocean has to technically end and space, I guess, does it in a way. So right. I guess you would say you would know more about, space just because there's more of it maybe but have we have, we've never gotten to the bottom of the ocean right well yeah i mean we have there's just a lot of unexplored like humans have not explored certain parts of the ocean like especially like the deep parts like mariana's trench and you know like they've sent stuff down for the we viewers know, we know where it's at i think it's a silly question just because like we definitively know that the ocean has an ending and space we know does not have an ending that we have found it. Well, that's what I mean is though, there's more to find out maybe about space though. Yeah. So that's why I, yeah, this is like, one of those that's a good, that's a, a good question, especially for yeah. me and you to be, to be discussing this probably isn't the best. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're just two dummies talking about space and, and the ocean. This is probably not our forte, but. That's all right. What's your floater? Well, my fl my my floater is golf outings. I have one Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, the next sun, uh, next Saturday. Um, so I'm excited. I love golfing, um, but golf outings are even more fun, especially when you're doing like scrambles and you're just having some fun. Um, I'd say a golf outing is about as much fun as I can have. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I love golfing. I, you know, we golf all the time, but golf outings are just like the peak of, of golfing, you know, having, especially, you know, you know, foursome with, you know, the right people and, you know, having a couple cold ones, like you said, playing some, uh, some best ball. You got to love that. So I'm with you, man. Completely agree there. Let's move in to the TCF Sports Minute. Of course, we'll lead off with the Cubbies, 47 and 67, 16 games out. Not a ton to talk about here. I did, uh, you know, kind of note Nico and Ian Happ have been playing pretty well, um, you know, hitting, you know, kind of like they should, kind of like we expected, you know, two guys in, in the heart of this this lineup. And I know you had mentioned when we were hanging out last night, Zach, about the possibility of getting Wilson Contreras some more reps at first base. I think that this is kind of the time of year to start doing that. You know, you're already 16 games out. You're not going to the playoffs. Get some guys some reps and, and see what happens. I saw Nico said something about how this is a time where the Cubs need to play well to bring in some big-time free agents to prove that next year they just build on maybe a few pieces. They can be a contending team for at least the playoffs. I think that's a great point. Like we don't talk about that enough in, in, in the sense that like this division is bad. This is arguably the worst division in baseball. Like you are legitimately three to five pieces away from being able and with the expanded, you know, playoffs and wild card spots. Like I don't think that the Cubs will be a playoff team next year, but who knows you add the right amount of pieces and you do well enough in free agency. Now, do I feel like that's going to happen? No, because I know what, um, I don't trust the Ricketts anymore. I don't think anybody really does. Um, 
But I, I agree. I think if you get the right pieces in, you're going to be talking about, you know, maybe a team like the Orioles who was projected to finish last in their division. And now they're in a wild card race. Like there's nothing saying that you can't be one of those teams. So I I'm, I'm all in on that. Like you said, got to make some runs at guys. Yeah. But it's like at this point, just play hard the rest of the season. Um, yeah. There's nothing to play for in a way, but there's also something to play for. Oh, for sure. Especially with the, you know, guys getting called up here soon, like they're going to be playing for spots and, you know, you, you want to keep those guys, you know, ingrained in the, the organization and see where they're going to fit in. Um, on the other side of town, the White Sox 60 and 56, two games out of first place. They've won four in a row. They're playing the Astros as we speak. Um, but uh, four wins in a row. You gotta love that uh, if, if you're a White Sox fan. Um, but Zach, my question to you: I don't know if you saw the video, but are White Sox fans coaching this team now? Like, did you see that? Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if he would have uh, made that switch if it wasn't for that fan. They had the fan on six seventy today, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, he he told Tony Larusa what to do, and uh, thank goodness because it didn't seem like he was gonna make that move. I'm not saying he actually made the move because of the fan, but it didn't seem like he was going to make that move before it. Yeah. And of course, like it's something he'll never admit. I mean, he's Tony LaRusso. He's never going to say like, Oh yeah, I heard that yelled from the crowd, but like, it's, it's almost like sad to the point where like a fan's perspective is like one of the reasons, I mean, the Astros are a really good baseball team and um, you know, you, he makes that switch and they, they rally back and get the win and it, it, I just think it's hilarious because of all the, you know, we just dump on Tony La Russa. But, um, you know, four in a row, they're losing to the Astros now. I, like you said it last week, this is probably still the right time to take that White Sox to win the division. There's still a month and a half left of the season. Do you still like that pick that you made last week? Oh, yeah, because um, Twins, eh, Indians, or, oh, I guess, sorry, Commanders. No, Commanders. <laughs> Where are they now? Sport. Where are they now? The Guardians. They're the Guardians. The Guardians, sorry. Um, <laughs> I went through all the names there. Uh, I don't trust either of those teams. Yeah, that's a really I think the White, Sox, the White Sox are a better team than both of those teams. You would think. I'm not saying they're playing yep. as good as them, but on paper, they're better. 100%. 100%. I don't disagree with you there. Um like you said, it might be that time to uh, throw in a couple uh, couple bucks in the Sox divisional winner. Two games out right now. Uh, moving to the Bears, pick up the preseason win over the Chiefs uh, this past weekend. Uh, trim the roster down to 85. Um, how do you feel about? Uh, obviously, it's preseason. We all know we're not going to get too high up on this, too high, you know, too far down on this. But it does have to feel good that you know, take the wins where you get them, right? No. Um, no, I don't really feel good about this one because it happened with the second and third string, which great. It's nice to know that your second and third strings playing well, but that doesn't matter. We need the, the guys who started the game to play better. We needed not to give up uh, the quickest touchdown ever to Patrick Mahomes. We needed <laughs> to play a little bit better at the beginning. I understand you're going through the motions and then you end up winning the game, but those first few possessions, there was a few good throws, but I'm not going to say that I'm happy about the win. 
Yeah, that's and you said it. Patrick Mahomes had seven attempts. Um, you know, most of the attempts from Kansas City came from a kid named Shane Bushley, who I've never heard of. Um, you know, it, Trevor but, Simeon leading them to victory. Yeah, Trevor said, you know, Justin Fields only had seven attempts as well. Um, you know, but that's that's preseason. And, and you know, the, one of the things that I saw this week, and, and obviously we've talked about him quite a bit, the possibility of Tevin Jenkins moving to guard. I saw they were putting him there uh, today. At, yeah, they're, at, I just want to yeah. see him play. Right. Yeah. So at this point, he's that's all that really healthy. matters is him being on the field. Right. He's got to be healthy. He's got to be out there. Um, but we'll but hey, see. Uh, obviously, in the division right now. <laughs> hey, you better better screen grab it and hold on to it. You might not uh, might not see that oh, for I a will. while, but <laughs> oh, I will. Um, last but not least, the Chicago Sky start the playoffs today, Wednesday. They have uh, the New York Liberty in the playoffs. They are officially the number two seed. Only eight teams in the WNBA make the playoffs. The uh, Sky finished with the second best record. Um, the Las Vegas Aces finished with the best. They finished with a 26 and 10 record. Um, first round of playoffs, like I said, starts today, Wednesday. Um, and the first round is three games. The second round is three games. And the, I believe the championship round is five games. I didn't save the, uh, the graphic, but make sure you check out the Chicago sky. We've said a, bit, a million times, best team in Chicago right now. Um, Zach, Sky are going to repeat, right? We can just state that now. That's also a good bet to put in. Yeah, the the Aces are good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. You know, discounting the Las Vegas Aces. Hey, but they they're got, not the uh, former Becky champs. Hammond. Yeah, exactly. The you champs, get though. Yep, exactly. You want to be the best. You got to beat the best. And I like the Las Vegas Aces. I, I should say, it. Becky CP3. Hammond is the coach. CP3 there. is going to lead them to victory again. There we go. That's what we like to hear. Uh, before we move three, on, the, we have to, I would have to. I'd have to say. Let's just say this: the best CP three to ever play basketball. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, she's without not walking around punching people in the crotch, so she automatically gets that. Oh, she wins championships. Today. She wins championships. Yeah, fair enough. That is very true. Um, but before we move on, we have to give a shout out to our sponsor, Connect Roasters Coffee. They have. The best coffee around that you can buy. Uh, they work with our guy, Dom Frederick, Ian Happ, so you know that it's good quality coffee. Make sure you check out their website, connectroasters.com. Follow them on Twitter, at Connect Roasters. Pick up some of their cold brew at the Obvious Shirt Store right by Wrigley Field. Um, you can get their stuff at Foxtrot Market, Dom's, but like I said, the most convenient place is their website. Um, also, quick plug, their teas are phenomenal, too. I know I've talked about them in the past, busted out a bag the other day. They are phenomenal. So make sure you check out uh, Connect Roasters uh, and pick you up some coffee. Join the Home Run Club. You get some dinger dollars every time Ian Happ does well at the plate. So connectroasters.com and at Connect Roasters on Twitter. Zach, we've got our media recommendations this week, and we're doing things a little bit different. We are kind of challenging ourselves. Um, I have watched 330 movies since the pandemic started. I'm still logging all of them, but um, I wasn't really a big movie guy going into the pandemic. Um, and I wanted to kind of spice things up. And so we busted out the random wheel generator. So let's do um, the shout random out to wheel. Yak. Yep, shout out to the Yak. 
Uh, me and my wife also used the random wheel generator to pick our next TV show we're going to watch together. So we will be starting The Boys. You know um, what? I think it's one of those things you could put like who wants to you pick two places for dinner. I'll pick two places for dinner. This is how we'll figure 100%. it out. hundred percent. hundred percent. This is going to become a, a staple in my life. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's do um, one of the wheels for let's so this find will be, out. You, this will be for me or you. You pick. Let's do this for you. Well, this one's for me. I don't know which one I'm hitting. All right. So let's rip it. I picked like 10 different movies that are on my list here. What are we going to get? Some good choices here. Taxi Driver. That's a classic. Taxi Driver. So, uh, Boomy, where can I watch this at? Uh, these are all on Netflix. I made sure because Thank I know you, you have okay. a Netflix I was, I was account. Say, yes, that was. I was hoping you would do that, but. That's perfect. Zach, before we get to mine, I want to give you a quick here. Uh, Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese, oh. Jody, Jody Foster. See, this is going to be good for me because I don't watch a lot of movies. This is going to make me watch some movies. Yeah, and I mean, this this is an all-star lineup. Harvey Keitel, uh, Leonard Harris, Peter Boyle, Sybil Shepard. I mean, the list goes on. Albert Brooks. I mean, this movie, um, phenomenal. This is one that has been on my list for a while. So let's find me one. Power of the wheel here. The Gentleman. All right. The Gentleman is a 2019 film with Charlie uh, Hunnam. I think I pronounced that right. Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell, Michelle Dockery, Hugh Grant, and Jeremy Strong. I believe it's a mob movie. Um, uh, an American Ooh. expert tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire in London, triggering plots, oh. schemes, bribery, and blackmails. All right. So what we will do with these, we will watch these by next week's show. We're going to do a little report on these, um, and then we will spin the wheel again next week to find out. We'll take those two out. We'll put two new ones in. If you guys have suggestions of movies on Netflix, um, please, please uh, let us know. We're going to have to fill two to three new ones in every week. Um, so let us know what's on Netflix that we need to be watching. Uh, I'm very excited for this uh, segment because, like I said, I don't watch a lot of movies. So this will make me watch some movies. And we're, we're going to have to put in a caveat that, like, we have to be off of our phones so we know what the heck's going on in the movie. I just know myself. So uh, we'll, we'll try and do that. We do have to do, like, a, a report on it. So maybe we do need to have, like, the notes app. Yeah, that's fair. Notes app only. Uh, but, Zach, do you want to know what I'm very excited for? What is that, Boomy? Our guy, Bobby Wilson, who we've got coming up right now. Uh, we got a huge college football preview. Uh, you've seen Bobby on our show multiple times. I believe this is his third or fourth time on the show with us. Uh, Bobby Wilson from TNT College Football Podcast. Uh, so let's go ahead and throw it to that interview right now ladies and gentlemen we have a very special guest returning to the podcast for at least the third time might be more than that uh where he's here to do a deep dive into the 2022 college football season with us um i say it all the time this guy has forgotten more about college football than me or zach probably know he is the host of the tnt college football podcast which you can find on facebook um you can also find him on twitter at tnt college foot one or his page at coach be under coach underscore b will ladies and gentlemen our own football guy bobby wilson bobby how are you doing my man good buddy thanks for having me back on i always love uh joining you guys 
talking football and and everything else. Hey, we don't have you on enough, if we're being honest. I mean, well, that means it's it's a good time of year because we have football. Exactly. So we we have to be happy. Absolutely. <laughs> it, that's you said it, man. We're we're right on the precipice here. The season's starting here soon. Um, but yeah, man, it's it, it's one of those things like. It, before we get into the questions, Bobby did a breakdown of every or is still are you, you still got a couple left, right? Under 20. I'm getting there. Under 20. <laughs> so he he does a breakdown of every single Division One college football team in the United States. Um, this is what do you remember what day you started your breakdowns on? Um it was the middle of June. I don't yeah. I don't remember the exact date, but it's uh It'll be just over two months, though, of doing it. You can see the bags under my eyes. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. No, you've been doing this for two months straight. You get a little bit of leeway. Yeah, because we were talking about it before I I told uh, Boomy that I love watching college football, but I don't really get into it beforehand like you and him kind of do. Because of that fact of there are how many different teams in there, and uh, I just uh, don't know if it's the patience or – um, the, brain, daunting ca- the brain capacity that to um, have that much information. I just like to watch the game and listen to what yeah. you guys have to say. <laughs> There's 131 teams now with James Madison That's joining crazy. this year. And next year, there'll be 133 with Sam Houston State and uh, Jacksonville State joining. So, I mean, it, it's it's a task. That's for sure. I mean, I'd be lying if I said that it, it uh, isn't tiresome, but I'd love to do it. Hey, that's all that matters, man. Um, well, let's get right into it. Will anyone not named Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, or Clemson be in the college football final four this year? Absolutely. I, I really I really believe so. I mean, I, I think Alabama and Ohio State are shoe ins. I mean, it's Alabama has the two best players in college football in Will Anderson Jr. and Bryce Young, the returning Heisman candidate. Ohio State has an absolute stud at quarterback and C.J. Stroud. So, I mean, those two teams are the top-level teams. I look at outside of I think Georgia is going to be very good. Clemson is very hard to predict going into this season. Um, just because of how last season went, I think their quarterback, D.J. Uga Ungale, is very, very inconsistent. Um, they have a a young freshman quarterback, uh, Klobnik coming in who, who could be special. I think he's got that Trevor Lawrence ability to like transcend that position. Um, I don't know if he'll play this year. Cade Klubnik is his name. I don't know how much he'll play this year. If he plays this year. I mean, I personally think he should, I think he's that good, but time will tell. I think DJ Ogongale will be the number one guy to start and then we'll see how it goes. But, I think personally, teams that I look at, I think Utah returns a ton. They're going to be really, really good. I think late night the, games always fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, the the one thing the one thing I question about Utah is they lost two stud linebackers, so they got to fill that. But I think they'll be able to handle it. Another team that a lot of people are talking about, I, I am hesitant on is uh, North Carolina State. They return almost more than anybody in college football um, from like a skill player's perspective and defensive perspective. <clears throat> but 
I always feel NC State underperforms when they have a lot of pressure on them. And this year, they obviously have a lot of pressure. So I think that could be an issue for them. Um, when you look at the Pac-12. Like, always seems to perform better when, like, no one's talking about them. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I, I usually think Auburn is that type of team when they're when nobody talks yeah. about them. They that they play better, but they're going to be they're going to be lucky to make a bowl game this year with the <laughs> they with the roster that they have and the, the internal issues that they have, let alone. But well, uh, right, that, that could be a whole SEC schedule. That could be a whole podcast episode in itself. The mess <laughs> that they have going on there, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would look at Utah and probably NC State. I mean, I, the AP poll just came out today. I think that there's a handful of teams in the top 10 that are very overrated. Um, one team that I would look at from the Big 12 being Baylor. I think Baylor could be one of those teams that gets in if they're able to run the table. Um, they they have a – I think Dave Aranda, their head coach, is one of the best head coaches in college football that not a lot of people know about. Um, another one that some people are talking about a little bit is Miami, um, with Mario Cristobal in charge, but I think they're a year or two away. Once he brings in the recruiting classes that he's going to be able to bring in, I think Miami's going to be right up there with Alabama and Ohio state. I, wait, before we go any further, you said some names of some players or you probably know or whatever. I would like to know, I don't know if you can even answer this. How many college football players names do you know? Oh, oh man! Because I mean, <laughs> how many is there on a team? Fifty something? Eighty something? Eighty, 80 something to hundred guys on each team. Oh my yeah. goodness! I'm not a math guy, but like that's like tens of thousands of guys. I mean, I, I can't put it. I can't put a number on it. But can we do an infinity symbol? Yeah, pr- yeah. I mean, if I think we'd have to. Well, yeah, because every <laughs> year it, it's going to change. There's going to be players added, and there's going to be yeah. some players taken away. But there's always going to be more players added that you're going to yeah. have to know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even think. I couldn't even think about how many. And also, there is. can we talk about the absolute nailing of UJ? Yeah, very. What I was, was it? I was the the guy, that. the kid from Clemson. How many times have you, you practiced that name, Bobby? Well, I, I had an episode early on in the podcast where I interviewed somebody from Clemson, so I learned. <laughs> I learned it very quickly, so I didn't screw it up then. <laughs> I, that's genius level stuff. Like yeah. go to the source so you get it right. I respect that. And and um, I asked man, before great. we went on the show, I'm like, how do you pronounce his name? And he's like, DJ Uga Ungale. I'm like, okay, let me repeat this Uga like five Ungale. times. <laughs> We're going to run this episode back like nine times when the football season starts, just so we can get this pronunciation. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not even going to get it. I'm not no, going to get that. I don't right. know if we ever will. Um, Last year, we saw Cincinnati kind of make that, you know, dark horse run. I mean, not really a dark horse, but that is, you know, the, you know, out of the power five conferences. Um, who do you see being that dark horse this year, maybe coming out of one of those smaller uh, level conferences that may be having a say come December on, on who should be in that final four? I don't want to toot my own horn, but I did predict Cincinnati to go to the college football playoff yeah, last did. year. So on this show I, too, I think I, I, I will, I, I will give myself a little bit of credit there, but I, I, I got to say that I think Cincinnati is the best G five team still. I really believe that they have so much talent on that roster. Um, ben Bryant what, uh, was the quarterback last year, at Eastern Michigan. He transferred to Eastern Michigan from Cincinnati. Now he's going back to Cincinnati 
I think he's going to be the guy from the get-go. I, I saw him play in person twice last year against Northern Illinois and against Western Michigan, and I really like him as a quarterback. Um, Cincinnati's schedule, they start off the season at Arkansas. If they're able to win that game, it's going to propel them into uh, what could potentially be another one of those type of runs. The ACC or the AAC, sorry, the AAC is much better this year than it has been in the past. They're like UCF's good. Houston's going to be very good. East Carolina's much improved. Tulsa's good. Tulane is going to be better. USF's going to be better. So, I mean, that conference is going to be a lot better. So, they're going to be tested week in, week out more than what people think. Um, like That's I said, wild. if they're able they got to the win- chance to do this when they lost so much. I mean, Sauce Gardner, you know. Um, right. Desmond Ritter. I mean, some of their biggest names, even even going down the list, I mean, of all the guys that they lost in the draft uh, that they're, mm-hmm. you know, even in this conversation that, you know, like you said, start off week one and then, you well, know, that's going to help recruiting the next oh, year. 100%. So, uh, it kind of makes sense, though. Yeah. Just because. Well, you know, they're, they're about to move year. to the Big 12 as well. That's right. Is this their last year in the AAC? It's their last year. Yep. Oh, yep. wow. One Take advantage of that. Right. And, and, if you if you ask me to like pick another team outside of that, I mean, I think Houston has an opportunity as well. They have a good schedule that kind of sets up for them to make a run too. But I think BYU not they're not necessarily a G five. They're independent, about to move to the Big Twelve, but their schedule is a gauntlet. If they're able to win out in that schedule, they absolutely deserve to be in the college football playoff. But I'm a big proponent in and Boomy, you know this of the Sun Belt Conference. And yeah. the new look, the new look Sunbelt East conference is is going to be a week in, week out gauntlet with the likes of Coastal Carolina, App State, um, Marshall. You're going to have Old Dominion, JMU and uh, Georgia State. So, I mean, if you're able to win out against it, you, you would have to beat the likes of I'm going to use Coastal Carolina as an example because they're a team that I love and I follow, but they would have to beat App State, Georgia State, and uh, Marshall and then beat Louisiana in the conference championship game. I think if you're able to run the table at that level, I mean, obviously it's going to be a lot harder to say does an undefeated Coastal Carolina, undefeated App State. Now, App State plays at Texas A&M, and they host North Carolina. So, I mean, if App State goes undefeated, they definitely have an argument. Right. But Bringing in those but, big I mean, dogs. A, a team at that level, you have to go undefeated, and you would have to do it probably convincingly. But, I mean, the Sun Belt East is going to be very, very good. Yeah, and like you said, it all kind of just shakes out on, like, how, you know, teams at the top of the SEC do and how the teams at the top of the Mm -hmm. Big Ten, like if there's a bunch of undefeated teams, you know, sitting at the top of those divisions, then you're probably not going to see, you know, the coastal care. Obviously, it'll all get shaken down in the, you know, the conference championships and stuff. But, you know, if you've got a bunch of one loss teams at the top of the SEC or one to two loss teams in the top of the SEC, the Big Ten, you know, Pac-10 to an extent, you know, Big 12, then, yeah, absolutely, you know, that conference has set themselves up really well with all the expansion going on. Some dogs in that conference. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. You were saying that you thought there were some uh, bad teams and maybe in the top 10, but who is uh, ranked in the top 25 that you think will flop and have a bad year? 
Well, I I first will say Texas A&M ranked at six. Um, I I'm never sold on Texas A&M. They always go eight and four. So I mean, they're they'll just do it again. That's what they always do. I they're hate all... Texas A&M, so I'm happy to hear that. But, but they had a really good recruiting class, weird. right? Yeah, they well, did. Then Jimbo Fisher. Well, yeah, well, they, they all the NIL deals, but they they yeah. they paid they paid a lot of money for that recruiting class. So they yes, they, they did, did it. They, they did a good job with that. But time will tell. I mean. The issue for AM is they don't know who their quarterback is. And I'm sorry, if you're in the SEC and you don't know who your quarterback is, then, I mean, I don't know how good you're going to do. I mean, yeah, that's tough. You have guys in the SEC like Bryce Young and KJ Jefferson at Arkansas and uh, Stetson Bennett at Georgia, uh, Will Levis at Kentucky, like, and in Hooker yeah, at Tennessee. I mean, you, there's dudes like, in that conference. Meant- so it's like, if, if you don't, if you don't have a number one guy, if you're not sold on a number one guy, like you got, you got problems. And I know that they got yeah. the transfer from LSU coming in, who that's probably going to be their guy, but they haven't named a starter yet. That's why we're so close to the season. They haven't named a starter. But some other teams in the top 10 that I'm not sold on are Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame Thank just you. got ranked number five. We hate Notre Dame here. Because – they're playing Ohio State week one, and ESPN and ABC just want a top five game to make it look good. And then when Ohio State beats them by 30, everybody's like, okay, they're not as good as we thought. So Notre Dame's going to fall by the wayside real quickly. I, I think they I think they can lose to USC. I mean, Notre Dame has a brand-new quarterback. They they got new running backs. Like They, they, got, new, they got a lot of new faces. So, I mean, I, I love their new head coach. And Marcus Freeman, I think he's going to do great there. I think the pl- the players love him, and he's got that persona that and the swagger that kids like. But it's just going to take some time. So I mean, to put them in the top five is kind of crazy to me. And then I think Oklahoma could struggle a little bit this year. I think the Big Twelve has gotten a lot better. Baylor's really good. Oklahoma State's good. I think Kansas State is one of the sleepers in college football this year. I, I think so. I just think I think Oklahoma could go eight and four, seven and five, just with a new coach and some new things going on there that could, that could, uh, they're and they're ranked in the top 10 as well. So, I mean, I, that's what I look at just at a quick glance, looking at those three teams there. And I mean, Clemson is another one, kind of like what I said earlier, you just, you don't know how it's going to go. Oh, for sure. I think that there's going to be it. A lot of those, you know, those first couple of weeks, like you said, are always interesting. You know, who kind of weeds themselves out, especially with some of those bigger early season matchups, um, you know, and, and we've been very, we're not big Notre Dame fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we don't mind hearing that. Now we, before I get to my next question, uh, you glossed over a team ranked uh, number eight in the AP top 25. How are your Wolverines looking? <clears throat> well, Boomy, you know that I, uh, I'm not a Jim Harbaugh fan at all. So I I will say that my Michigan football fandom has kind of fallen by the wayside uh, just because of how much I dislike him um, as a Have you moved across to to being a Mel Tucker guy then? I love Mel Tucker. I I do love Mel Tucker. I'm not going to root for Michigan State. I will will support their fans and support the fan base. And – but – I've talked to many Michigan fans and there's a lot of Michigan fans are just, who are just like, man, that guy is awesome. I wish we had him. And it, but it's only a matter of time before they turn into something special there. I mean, he is an unbelievable coach. I actually have a theory that he is going to be the next head coach at Alabama after Nick Saban leaves, but that's, 
that's just my opinion. I mean, I will that ever I happen? Just think, what will he ever actually leave? <laughs> I think Nick Saban's going to die on the sideline at some point. I, like he's going to coach that, till he's ninety three. That's very possible. I I I agree with that. He's going to have this. Is he like seventy five years old? He's in his seventies. I do know that. Yeah, he can't walk I mean, away from that line like though. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. No, yeah, Mel Tucker I, I, was on his coaching staff before at Alabama, so I, there's the connection there. Interesting. Um, so you talked about it a little bit earlier, some of the bigger names in college football. Will anyone not named C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young win the Heisman this year? Um, those are obviously the two picks. Um, I know you would mentioned the other kid from Alabama. He's ranked pretty highly there. But um, do you realistically think that anybody outside of those two quarterbacks are going to walk home with the Heisman this year? Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama should win the Heisman. He should have won it last year. He'll be the first overall pick too, right? Absolutely. He had he had 17 and a half sacks last season and 34 and a half tackles for loss. I mean, there's teams that don't even do that. Uh, uh, Vanderbilt last year as a team had nine sacks. Will Anderson Jr. <laughs> had 17 and a half. So that, that young man is a, is a freak of nature. He is an absolute. It's not a freak. great comparison, though. Vanderbilt's one of the worst teams in college football, though. Yes, but I get what yes. you're saying. But it, it's still unbelievable. Um, that is insane. I, I think Alabama. I hate to continue to go down the Alabama route, but Alabama has a running back transfer from Georgia Tech and Jamar Gibbs, who a lot of people don't know a ton about. He was uh, the ACC freshman of the year two years ago. He is an absolute blur with the football. I mean, the, the, he is so fast. And in that Alabama offense, he is going to be scary. So I mean, I think when you're that when you're the running back at Alabama, you obviously get vaulted up the list because of how much you're going to get used. Um, and he's he's electric. Um, if we're looking at other guys, I have to. This is just a little bit of personal bias, but also because he is fantastic, I have to throw Grayson McCall in there because. He is the most accurate quarterback in college football. He had the highest uh, accurate c- completion percentage last year. Um, his efficiency was the highest. I believe it was the highest ever in college football history. So, I mean, he is he's unbelievable. And I understand he plays at Coastal Carolina and in the Sun Belt, and he probably won't get invited. But he's, I, in my opinion, he has to be on the list just because of how efficient he is. Uh, an, Two other running backs who I would throw on there are Bijan Robinson from Texas and Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. Uh, just both electric runners just can do so many things. Um, if you're going with a wide receiver, I'd say Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. He might be the best wide receiver that they've ever had come out of there. And I know that's saying something with the guys that they've had. Um, and I guess you would have to throw Jordan Addison because he was the Blitnikoff Award winner last year at Pitt. Now he's at USC. Caleb Williams at USC could put up some amazing numbers. I mean, you could throw him in there too. But, I mean, like you said, it is a definitely a definitive race between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But I think there are other guys that, like I said, I think Will Anderson should be the guy. But we, I think we all know that a defensive player will probably never win it again. Unfortunately, was it Indomitian Sue was the last one to do it? Well, he got second. Oh, the that's la- right. The last one to do it was Charles Woodson. 
Oh, and that was back in the early nineties. A long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It, yeah. That's I mean, and his odds are not that bad. I mean, as far as like gambling goes, I mean, he's plus fifteen hundred. He's the fourth highest. Yeah, fourth highest rankings. They play this is plus two twenty. For CJ Stroud is yeah, plus two twenty. Crazy. Yeah, Bryce Young plus three eighty. Yeah. Caleb Williams plus seven hundred. And uh your guy, uh McCall from Coastal Carolina, I'm gonna have to throw two bucks on it because it's plus ten thousand. So um <laughs> I can't I can't pass that up just in case something wild happens. So let, let um, me tell you a- he he is he is fantastic. I mean, if, if I know they're not on TV a ton. If you have ESPN plus you can watch all their games. I mean, that that young man, not he's a fantastic human being, first of all, but he he is an unbelievably gifted football player. Yeah, he uh kind of ripped my heart out in that bowl game back in December. But <laughs> that was a great game. Oh yeah, until we got screwed by the refs that they should be in jail for that. I miss football. That's Unbelievable. Just, just... I want I want that whole crew thrown in jail for at least two weeks. I'm not asking for much, two weeks. That's it. See, that's the kind of anger we get to bring back. Unbelievable. With college football we, coming we will, back. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to NIU later in the show. <laughs> oh, we definitely will. It's it's on the <laughs> list, fella. It has been a crazy <laughs> offseason in college football. Um, what do you think about all the craziness that is uh, is going on with the conference realignment? Man, <laughs> well, I'm. I first off have to say that I'm shocked that USC and UCLA were able to keep that whole thing quiet in the LA market. I don't understand. I I know that it's been like, there's been rumors like people like me who are in this and do this daily. Like you see the rumors and you hear the rumors, but there was never like, was there really much to it type of thing? Yeah. And then when it actually happened, you're just like, Holy smokes. Like how, how in the world does the second biggest market in the United States, how are you able to keep that quiet for like, it's been in the works for two or three years now. Yeah. So that, that to me is crazy. Nuts. But I think the whole thing holding it up right now is obviously Notre Dame, uh, whatever they decide to do. I think the big thing, the big tell to me was the new big 10 TV contract, that $350 million contract. I think to me that says, that they're going to add at least four more teams. And I think Notre Dame is one of them um, because it's about NBC time. And- Notre Dame, get off your high horse and join a conference. We've been saying that for five years on this show. I'll like, respect absolutely. And, and, and the reason I say that is because NBC and Peacock are a part of that deal. So, oh, and plus, plus Notre Dame has a ton of rivalries with teams already in the big 10 and with USC so I think that's going to happen. So I, I personally think USC, Stanford, Oregon, and Washington are going to end up in the Big Ten. Uh, wow. That's, Whoa. that's just from the things I've been hearing. Um, one thing I that will shock a lot of listeners who don't really follow, um, you guys know how close I am linked with the UConn football program um, mm-hmm. just from my podcast and everything that I do. But one thing I, I can say is UConn is going to be joining the ACC in the future. Just uh, I've. Wow. Yeah. So I, I from my UConn football is 
going to get to where they need to be when it comes to joining the conference. And I think we can all agree that in all the other sports, UConn is already there. But yeah, that's well, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, breaking, breaking news. news. Then yep, we're the, the interesting thing, yeah. the interesting thing is going to be what happens between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. Do the teams, the like say Cal, Utah, um, some of those other teams there, what happens with them? Where do they end up? It, we'll have to see. I mean, there we've all heard the rumors that those teams are going to go to the Pac-12 and Washington State and Oregon State are going to end up in the Mountain West and but at this point, it's it's a crapshoot. I mean, until I think until Notre Dame makes the final decision, then all the dominoes will start to fall. Yeah, it's it's just a process. Like trying to figure it out now is just yeah silly because it's going to change a million times between now and then anyway. So right. with all the conference realignment stuff going on, we also have all the NIL stuff going on, and you're seeing schools. I believe like Houston set it up. Like. Um, couple other schools set it up so like each player is going to make $35,000 for mm-hmm. name images and likeness where do you sit at with this are we still just in the wild wild west side of of the nil stuff do you see any of this i feel like at some point it's got to find a, its balance like water's going to find its level right i feel like right now it is just craziness but i feel like it's it's one of those things that are going to eventually shape out where you sit on this stuff i think I think one of the main things with that is there was no policeman of it at the beginning. So now you can't really just sit there and say, Oh, we, you can't just like throw rules on it. In my opinion, I think that would be wrong. I I think it's an open market and a free economy to just guys. What is your net? What is your worth? Kind of like professional sports. Like where do you fit on the, on that level of what is your value? Um, Now, I'm against the what they're doing now when it comes to high school recruitment, them just paying five-star athletes an obscene amount of money. Like Arch Manning, here's a story for you. Arch Manning got offered $15 million from Ole Miss. Um, this this is an alleged story. I can't confirm this, but I the sources that I have, I would say are pretty credible gets offered 15 million from Ole Miss. Now Lane Kiffin is the coach at Ole Miss, obviously um, former coach at Tennessee. So Peyton Manning doesn't like Lane Kiffin at all because of how he ran Tennessee into the ground. Allegedly Peyton Manning told Arch Manning, his nephew, I will give you $15 million not to go to Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's crazy. Amazing. So all that, all that means to me is that Texas paid him 20 million. Well, allegedly it's only 13. <laughs> But still insane. Snap of football in in college. Could you imagine with being 17 years old knowing your 13 mil is coming to you? I, I well, and here's he was, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, wow. too. Allegedly, his recruitment is still open. Um, Alabama allegedly offered him 11 million. Georgia offered him 12. And Kirby Smart has been on the record saying that this isn't over. Um Texas has a QB this year who is who was the number one ranked player in his recruiting class, Quinn Ewers, yeah. who we'll wait and see how good he was is. Was he the I one that know. went to Ohio State? So a senior in high school? Yeah, yeah he's going yeah. to be a senior. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I thought he was playing this year. No. Clint Ewers I guess he would have been, uh, been like in the Heisman odds. That's insane. Yeah. 
Yeah. Was Quinn, yeah, Quinn you were you... the kid that went to Ohio State for like two weeks? No, he went to Ohio State for the whole year last year, um, knowing oh. that he was going to transfer to Texas. He literally went to Ohio State just so he could create a brand and uh, like make a make more money on NIL. That's literally what he That's did. That's right. Imagine going to high school just knowing that you're worth $15 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you still have to go to your senior year. You'd have to lock me in a in a padded room. Well, I just wouldn't go to school. No, <laughs> you driving Lamborghinis to school. That'd be amazing. Well, Andy's a Manning, so he doesn't even need it. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> it, 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 it's probably not really going to change much. Yeah, I mean, he's been rich. Right. That's yeah, that's fair. That's why. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You always hear coaches talk about it, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just kind of like figuring it out every day." You know, like it's just. This whole NIL landscape is just nuts. I mean, and I like, I obviously, you know, Bobby, both you and I have worked around, you know, division one, you know, college basketball, you know, side of things. And like, you've seen those athletes struggle and, you know, mm-hmm. having to scrounge up, you know, seven bucks to go to McDonald's, you know, because we ran out of per diem money or splitting, you know, a pizza and, you know, saving coupons out of the garbage and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm glad to see that, you know, even the schools, like, I think it was Houston where it says like every athlete, it's not just the football team, it's the women's mm-hmm. basketball team, the, you know, swimming team, like everybody's going to have this opportunity. You're going to do NIL deals. You're going to, you know, do the commercials and all that. I'm so happy to see that these kids who put, I mean, you've seen how many hours these, these kids are putting into their, their sport and how much money they're making for the school that they're, going to be able to not have to, you know, borrow money from a manager or, you know, have parents send money, you know, for food, basic necessities. But like, right. I, I do feel like it's just insanity right now. And, <laughs> and at some point we're going to have to be like, all right, we got to come in and, and police something here, add some sort of stipulations. No, I mean, I agree with you. I'm all for it. I, I think. Absolutely. I mean, for years, we, we've seen how much money the schools have made off these athletes. So it's only right. I mean, there's no reason why an athlete shouldn't be able to sell their Jersey or their shoes or whatever it may be like, mm-hmm. or sell autograph or like autographs, whatever. I mean, there's no reason why that shouldn't be allowed. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to have a commercial with your local doctor or local, heating and cooling company or whatever it may be. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. And that's what an NIL was originally set up for. Um, and it's, it's turned into something completely different. I mean, there's yeah, still way different. There's, there's still guys doing that guys and gals doing that. And, oh yeah, and it's, and it's great. And that's what it's there for. But the, the boosters at this, at the schools <laughs> are what's ruining it. Yeah, that they're the reason that the NCAA is going to have to come in and say, like, okay, now we have to put in rules because Ole Miss is offering $15 million and, you know, Alabama, their boosters are offering this. And then, you know, Texas Tech's boosters are doing like that. It's just it's insanity right now. So, yeah, but it is what it is. Let's play a a little game uh, we call back. Or not back. So we'll we'll name a few schools, and you tell us if you think they are back or not. And I'll start with Texas. <laughs> oh, I, I I love this debate. Texas is never back. They're just because who, who was the who was the quarterback? Didn't they have a they won a bowl game, and he said we're yeah. back. Sam Ellinger, yeah, I believe. I believe it was opening. Sam Ellinger. I think that's yeah, who it Sam was. Ellinger. Yeah, I I think it. I think that's who it was. 
And then I but, think they lost to Maryland in the opening game the next yes, week. Maryland yes. Maryland stinks at yeah. football. Because yes. I bet Texas so hard that week, and they got killed. <laughs> yeah, t- Texas, trust me, uh, in, the, in the field that I'm in, in uh, reporting on college sport, college football, um, Texas fans are the most difficult to deal with. I'll just say that. I bet. Tennessee so is a close back. second. But. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to argue with you there. Uh, Miami, is the U back this year, or is it going to be another year or two? I, 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 I'll I, say they're back, but definitely next year. I mean, I think this year they definitely will compete in the ACC, even going to the ACC title game. I think that's very doable. Um, just – so, I mean, I'll say back, but I think next year and the following year is when they can really compete for at a national back, level. Back. Officially back. You sound like Chris Berman. Yeah. Back, back, back. Um, Florida State. Oh, boy. Not back. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, after losing the number one player. The, the, yeah, the issue for Florida, Florida State, uh, they just don't have an identity. They just – I don't know what they're doing. I don't think – I don't know if they know what they're doing, but – yeah, you just you, when you're in the ACC, especially in the state of Florida, you they they've had such a hard time finding a quarterback ever since Jameis Winston left. And I mean, the name of the game, you have to have a quarterback. I mean, if you if you don't have a guy, I mean, there's got to be a guy in the state of Florida that they can find who can play the quarterback position at a elite level in the ACC. Uh, and for some reason, they just haven't been able to do it. And it starts there. And they've had a lot of other issues, but. I mean, it starts there. As a Florida fan, I love hearing you say Florida State not back. All right, uh, Kentucky. Oh, that, they're back. Kentucky is for real. Mark Stoops like is is the is the best coach in the SEC, not named Nick Saban. He what he's in done at Philly Kentucky. Baby. What what he did what he's done at Kentucky. If he did anywhere else, he would be a national title contender. It's it's just because he's at Kentucky and it's difficult um in the we've all john calipari made that very clear i would argue that it's a football school now but that's beside the point (laughs) (laughs) they've won they've had uh, multiple 10 win seasons over the past four to six years i mean this that i think this year they can compete for the sec east title I, i think i think they're really really good the one thing I don't like about Kentucky, though, is Will Levis drinks mayonnaise in his coffee. I don't jail. like coffee. Throw but, him in jail. But to do that That's is just time. disgusting. Uh, Chance is really hoping that you say back on this one. Florida. It's going to take a little time. Florida fans yeah, need, take some time. Need, need to be – Billy Napier is a great coach. He's going to create a great culture, and he's get, they're going to be disciplined. And that was the issue with Florida over the past handful of years. They've just lacked so much discipline on the offensive. They're like throwing line. people's Every, shoes yes, in the yes, middle of absolutely. the game because you're a moron. Yes. yes. I, they, Florida will be back, but this year, I mean, they, they'll make a bowl game this year, but the, the, their first four games this year are very difficult. South Florida is, a, is improved. They open up against Utah, then they got Tennessee and Kentucky in there too. I mean, it, it's if they if start we lose one to South in, Florida, I'm going to be so sad. Like well, you can't lose to South Florida, can't happen. No, I agree with you. 
I agree with you, but I will say South Florida is much improved. I, I, I agree that Florida should win that game, but it, it wouldn't necessarily blow my mind if it happened. Did you see the video of their new football complex? They built USF? like a brand new, uh, no, Florida. They just Florida. opened their new like yeah. football yeah, my, locker room. Oh my God. Yeah. My, my brother works there. So I get, oh, right. I get I all the, all the, uh, all the inside or not inside information. I shouldn't say that, but he just like, he's always sending me stuff about UF. <laughs> it's so cool. I just saw the video today. It, um, it's, it's amazing. Well, I got to ask about my other team. Um, how are my Huskies looking? We're going to make another run here and win the Mac again this year. Or what are we thinking on, uh, on NIU this, this coming fall? I absolutely think NIU is the favorite in the Mac. Ooh. Rocky Lombardi, and, and and I will say, I, oh. I he he is an unbelievable leader, just fantastic. Like <clears throat> I've actually built a relationship with his dad, the Hall of Fame coach uh, Lombardi, um, and just just j- just what a great family. First that of all, fits. Na- na- that's his grand great grandpa, by the way. But <laughs> yeah, I just wanted <laughs> but, to clarify that for people who do didn't know yes. that Vince passed yes. away. But. NIU played 71 freshmen or sophomores last year. So, I mean, just they're like, they bring, they bring the majority of them back. Now they do lose the Mac offensive freshman of the year in Ducker, the running back. He goes back home to Tennessee. He's going to go play for Memphis, but there's still plenty of guys there. I mean, they're going to be fine. Um, the, the one big hit that NIU just had was uh, all Mac wide receiver Trayvon Rudolph went down with a season ending injury. Um, he, he is an absolute stud at receiver, but I, I, I they have a, they have a transfer from FIU, uh, uh, Shamar Thornton, who is basically a spitting image of Trevon Rudolph. He's a quick athletic wide receiver. So I think he's going to be able to step in and fill that role tremendously. So I know Husky fans are, down about Rudolph being injured as, as they should be, because he is a fantastic football player, but there's a guy in place there who's going to be able to do the same thing. I, in my opinion, and he's a fifth year senior. So he's been there and done that as a football player. So, and, and I, and, and I use defense is loaded, like from top to bottom, the whole defense is absolutely loaded. They return almost every starter. I was at their spring game this past, uh, eight on the field. Down on the field, yes, that was a lot of fun. I was very appreciative that they did. Very that. jealous. <laughs> they have a transfer from uh, from Wisconsin, a defensive end, who who I stood next to, Isaiah Green May, who is all of six six. I mean, this was a grown man. I mean, I was blown away, and he made a play during the spring game where he like spun off the tackle and got to Lombardi and stripped the ball. And you know, in the spring game, you can't touch the quarterback, but he stripped yeah. the ball without touching the quarterback. I mean, he is, he's a freak. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. That, that, that really kind of brought the mood. I didn't know that that kid got hurt. I kind of missed that. So more breaking news here. Bobby just broke my heart. Um, that just happened but, this week or la- late last week, great. I should say. Not great, Bobby. Yeah. Um, that's all. It, it sounds like, and I love what you know. Hammock has done. He's phenomenal. Oh, I mean, he's he, great. He's phenomenal. 
Yes. And, and obviously, you know, they built the indoor facility. Uh, I believe that opened up my senior year, might be my junior year. Um, and, and obviously that they've taken some of the steps and, you know, they went down to the year that they didn't win a single game, you know, and mm-hmm. it, that happens when you're rebuilding. And he said, like, it's going to be a process. They were walk on university for a while, which I wasn't crazy about. But obviously what he has done in these, what, three years now has clearly worked. Um, and, and I think Absolutely. that, that you know, there's high expectations. So last year there was no expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel right. like for NIU, that's the big one. And we talked about, you know, NC State, which is kind of funny because isn't Dave Doran still the coach? Still yes, at NC he State? is. He is. He's on Former your 10. NIU guy. Yeah, that's wild. But like how you how are you going to perform now when you're expected to be, you know, one of the best two teams in the Mac? And I think the Mac is a little bit down this year as compared to, you know, in the past. But now you have that expectation where you are expected to succeed and you're like they should be in Detroit for the conference championship. It's going to be a lot different pressure than last year where you were going into every game as a as an underdog. Now let's go see what you can do when when you're looking at it from the other side. Absolutely. I mean, they went from 0-6 in the 2020, 2020 COVID year to nine wins last year in the MAC championship. I mean, that that's a yeah. tremendous coaching job by Thomas Hammock. But I think it I think it really boils down to Rocky Lombardi and the leadership he provided. I, I think he was an absolute game changer for that offense and for that program and to have him back this year, but especially last year, he comes in from Michigan state. This is a guy who's played in meaningful games in the big 10. He beat Michigan when he was at Michigan state. So, I mean, this is a guy who's been there and done that as a player. So, I mean, like I said, they had 71 freshmen and sophomores play last year, but you have a quarterback who's just been through it and he knows what to do. And, And he comes from a, probably the number one football family ever first yeah, of all very so recognizable that, name that, that helps but i mean <laughs> he, he the leadership he brings to the table i think and thomas hammock first off but from a player's perspective i think he just set them off and then of course when they beat georgia tech i think that really propelled them into something special one of the best years of my year last year and, and this so year we- they have a, they have another opportunity they host vanderbilt and I know Ooh. Vanderbilt's not great, but it's still an SEC team coming. Yeah, to it's still hosting an SEC school. Yeah, you're not going there. They like, go to that's... they go to Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's really good, but NIU can give them a run. They go to Tulsa. Tulsa is a decent AAC team. I think NIU and anywhere can on the win. road like that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's I think NIU easy. can and probably should win that game, but it all sets up well for them, and then. The thing that I like is they host Central Michigan, who's I yeah. think Central Michigan is the next best team in the MAC West. The MAC West is very good. Every team in the MAC West went to a bowl game last year, um, but to host Central Michigan, they host Miami Ohio, who is the big time favorite out of the MAC East this year. Um, so they got both of those at home. They go to Western Michigan. They go to Eastern Michigan, to Ohio, to Ball State. They host Toledo. So, I mean, the schedule sets up well for NIU. That's what I like to hear. So, we know you're a big Coastal and UConn guy. Uh, How are they looking going into the season? Man, Coastal is – I think it's 10 wins or bust again. They they lose a lot. They do. But they have Grayson McCall back. 
and they have a lot of guys that most fans don't know about. Uh, they got a couple of really good running backs and uh, that are going to burst onto the scene. They got uh, Sam Pickney transferring in wide receiver. He was at Georgia State. He was the number one of the number one wide receivers in the Sun Belt last year. He's coming home to Coastal. He's from that area. So that I think that's going to be huge. Like I said, they lose a lot defensively. They had they had a couple All-Americans on the defense over the past couple of years. And uh, so, I mean, there's going to be new faces there, but they've recruited at such a high level that they're going to they're, they're going to surprise some people, I think. They open up the year against Army, and Coastal's issue last year defensively was stopping the run. So Army's definitely not the team that you want to play when you yeah. have issues stopping the run. So that game's going to be very interesting because Army's very good. That's one of the, the low-key great games of week one, Army at Coastal Carolina, because those are two really, really good G5 teams. Mm-hmm. Um and then you asked about UConn. I mean, I, I'm i probably more invested in the UConn football program than anybody who doesn't live in the state of Connecticut. It, it, the whole partnership yeah, that I there's have. There's no doubt that about have, that. The, the partnership I have with UConn and that university now is something that's just blown my mind. I, I never, ever thought that this would happen. But, like, I've been told stories from I've interviewed multiple players on my show. I've interviewed coaches, multiple coaches from UConn. And they tell me like Jim Mora talks about you all the time. And like, I've never met Jim Mora in my life, but it's like, it's just an amazing thing. Like I think it's crazy how it's happened. I'm going to go see UConn play three times this year. I mean, I'm going to see him play at Michigan. I'm going to see him play at ball state. Then I'm going to make a trip to, Connecticut, hopefully, um, the, the, they're, and they're providing me tickets and like, they're helping me out and everything. It's, it's an amazing thing, but to go to how they're going to look on the football field, the UConn is probably going to be one of the most unpredictable teams to gauge from the average fan because like their entire, almost their entire roster is different and, and it needs to be. Like, like I've said on the show, I mean, I watched every single minute of UConn football last year, and I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't one of the most painstaking processes I've yeah. ever done in my life. But it has led to what I have now with the football program and with the fan base there. Um, oh, for sure. So it, it's uh, they're going to have they have a quarterback competition going on right now between four guys. Taquan Roberson transfers in from Penn State. Tyler Pumachu. Um, he was their starter for a couple games last year as a true freshman. He really did some good things. He was the guy who led them to their lone win. Um, before he got hurt, they were playing at Vanderbilt when he tore his ACL, but they were going to win that game with him. He was playing fantastic, and he went down with that injury, and things kind of spiraled, and they lost on a last-second field goal. But uh, then they have a true freshman, Zion Turner, who probably will redshirt this year but he is going to be a future star. He is someone that college football is going to want to know about in a couple of years because he, he can do some things. And the wide receiving corp at UConn has some really, really talented guys. I've become, I had Nigel Fitzgerald. They're probably their, one of their number one wide receivers on my show a uh, couple, maybe a month or two ago. And he's a six, five wide receiver. He's a quarterback's best friend, but we've, we've become, 
we've become friends now. Like we text That's each other awesome. all the time. Like he, he's a great dude. And, and like, they're just, I know, I know how excited all those players are just because I talk to them uh, a handful of them frequently. They're just, just to have a guy like Jim Mora who knows, who obviously knows what he's doing. Such I a mean, big name. Just, absolutely. But their offensive coordinator, Nick Charlton, who I had the pleasure of having on my show, he they, I'm like the first person to really interview him um, from like a national perspective. So that that was huge for my podcast. But he's a 33-year-old offensive coordinator, but he was the head coach at Maine when he was like 30 years old. So, I mean, he's a young guy and he is a rising star in the coaching profession. So, I mean, they the, – the, the sky's the limit for UConn. I mean, they, they open up week zero at Utah state, Utah state's very good. Um, the, the opening line for that game was 30 points and UConn is not going to lose that game by 30 points. I guarantee that. I think it's gotten down to like 27, whatever it is, but I'll take they, that. Yeah. We're they, in. Say less. That will be, that will be a game going into the fourth quarter. I promise you because the UConn Huskies are going to battle and fight this year compared to what anybody has seen in the past handful of years. And I think you guys see, I'm passionate about it, but it's, it's, Oh yeah. It's, and it's weird how it's happened. Like when I started, right, my it's podcast, so obscure. Just, like we live in Illinois yeah. and like, you're like the right. biggest UConn guy I've ever met in my right. life. Like and, a year, a little over a year ago when I started this podcast, I didn't know much about UConn football, honestly. I like, and now I'm right. like, just, hundred percent all in. <laughs> do they at least still have UMass on the schedule so they can they do they do, and that's probably the game I'm gonna go to in Connecticut. <laughs> that's the one you should go to. You probably end up on the field because, with Gator. Well, and, and it's an interesting thing too. I have a ton of UMass followers too, and I've interviewed a handful of their players, and like it's just really weird. I like have this northeast, like huge northeast fan base. I've never even been to the northeast part of the United States. Like it's just it's crazy. <laughs> We got to get him a shirt that just says, like, I'm big in New England. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so you've obviously said a couple of the games that you were uh, planning on going to this year. And, and we've talked about it in the past. Like, your goal is to get to a, a game at every college football stadium. What ones do you have uh, cemented uh, that you're going uh, to catch a game at this year? Week zero, I will be at uh, in Champaign for Wyoming at Illinois. Well, it should be a pretty good game. Wyoming's been a bowl, te bowl team for the past handful of years. I think Illinois is going to be much improved this year where they, I think they can go to a bowl game this year. I'm excited for that one. Um, week one, I'm still trying to formulate what I'm going to do there. Um, week two as well. Week three, I'm going to UConn at Michigan. It, it has a uh, 12 Eastern start, but then I'm going to hightail it out to uh, Western Michigan at Pittsburgh that same day they're in the evening so that's that's going to be a funny a fun one Dang. um at, wait you're I, going from from ann arbor to pittsburgh in one day no 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 at ann arbor to kalamazoo oh okay i thought you said Western. you were driving i'm like bro you're not gonna make it no 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 <laughs> you're right i would not make <laughs> i promise you you will not make kickoff but no now right. that makes more sense yeah, and there's a handful of other ones in there. I'm still putting it all together. Um, like I said, I'll be at the UConn at Ball State game, uh, playing on a handful of other ones in there too. But it's a 
it's it's a great journey. It's the coolest thing to be able to to just do something that you're passionate about like this. I mean, I stopped coaching, so I needed something to scratch my sports itch. And this podcast has turned into that. <laughs> so and, and it's cool because like your kids are are young now, but like eventually once you're knocking more and more stadiums out, like they're gonna be able to start joining you along this journey Absolutely. and you know, kind of you know, develop that, you know fondness for the sport and, and kind of what's going on just by hanging out and hitting the road with with you you know it, that's so cool that you're you're doing this absolutely i can't wait till i can take my son to to games when he's he's only four but yeah so he's got a little bit he's got a little bit longer but it's going to be fun three when and a half hours out of a four-year-old is a lot to ask that's a lot to ask right <laughs> he can sit through a, ba- a high school basketball game that's about it <laughs> You got him for an hour and that's about all you're going to get. Well, Bobby, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, It is always uh, great to have you on. Make sure that you check out the TNT College Football Podcast wherever you get your podcasts uh, on Twitter uh, at TNT College Foot One. Um, Make sure you check it out. And as you can tell from this interview, like we said, Bobby knows so much about college football. Bobby, we're glad that you – Took your t- took time to jump on with us here tonight, and um, we'll have to make sure we get you on about midway through. Maybe we'll plan on like a middle of October, early October podcast to kind of pick up where uh, you know the season's going and all that great stuff. Anything else you want to tell the listeners where they can find any of your stuff? You 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 hit it you hit it already at TNT College Foot One on Twitter. That's where you can see all my program breakdowns that I'm doing. Like it's like we Definitely said, the show. Out, I got. Less than 20 left, but you can go through my Twitter and see. You can even DM me. I can send you whatever team you would like. Um, it's It's been a heck of a journey with that. It's a lot of fun, but yeah. Then feel free to follow me personally at coach underscore B Will. And uh, yeah, love to talk college football, but also basketball. I mean, I'm a former college basketball coach. Yep. So, I mean, it's... Maybe that's the next that's branch of of the website, the college basketball breakdown. That's three hundred and fifty five programs. Though. Yeah. So, oh man, <laughs> I think gonna happen one a day <laughs> for the yeah, year. Yeah, no kidding. Seriously, uh, but Bobby, thanks again, man. We appreciate you jumping on. Uh, everybody, make sure that you go check out uh, the TNT College Football Podcast. Thanks for hopping on with us, Bobby. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you to our guy, Bobby Wilson, from the TNT College Football Podcast for joining us. ton of information there. So thank you uh, to Bobby. We'll have Bobby back on probably middle of October uh, to go through how the season is going. Um, And we're definitely going to go catch a game with Bobby this year. Um, So let's move into the TCF top three. And uh, in honor of doing our college football preview, we are doing the TCF top three of college football helmets. Um, Zach, would you like to go first or do you want me to start us off? I'll go first. Miami. I think those are the coolest helmets. As a Florida fan, I hate them, but I do love the helmets. I I hate Miami, but I do like the helmets. Um, I'll give you that one. Um, I'm going to take Florida first and foremost. The the cursive gators with the white face mask, it's classic. It's ranked number seven of all helmets on BuzzFeed. I think it's a classic one. You've seen it for 50 years with the cursive gators um with my second pick i'm giving an ode to uh my high school we modeled our 
Um, I probably shouldn't do this as a Florida fan, uh, but I'm taking LSU. Our high school jerseys uh, for the football team when I was in high school were modeled after LSUs. We had the MHS with the Trojan logo, just like LSU. Uh, those are just classics. Um, I think I got two really solid picks there in the first round. You get it. What's your second rounder, Zach? I'm going to go Georgia. I think Georgia has some really cool helmets, the, that red with the G on it. I think that is sick. It's the second best. You're, I didn't know you were such a big fan of the, the G on the helmet. I mean. Oh, no, that's not. That's the that's the first best helmet with a G on it. No, it's, um, and not to mention they stole the Packers. They had to write the Packers a letter asking for permission to use those. But I like that color, Thieves. the red with that with that G on it. That's fire. Um, my last one. It's between two different ones. I'm gonna go Michigan. I think Michigan has some really cool helmets. I do. I do like those. I the like flare Wolverine thing they got going on. I'm with you there. Uh, my third round pick. I I'm between two here. Um, I'll go to North Carolina. I love the Argyle stripe down the middle well, and the baby yeah, blue. The color scheme on that to is Maddie. Yeah, exactly. You baby blue goes with everything. Shout out to Maddie. Um, but those are those are great. Um, what are some my other ones you have? My honorable mention is uh, all of Oregon. All of Oregon's helmets. Yeah, I'm with. I, there's a. I don't think there's been a single Oregon helmet that I didn't like. But I feel like there's too many to put that in there because there's so many. Right. You get the whole catalog. Yeah, they kind of cheated. No, that's that. that's a good one. Uh, Texas was in was one of mine that I was trying to decide with, uh, between there. Um, USC, I think I was going to be one of my picks. See, and I, I, I get if you're into like the classics, like that's a good classic one. Um, Air Force has a good one with the lightning bolt down the side. Um, I'm a big fan well, of that, that sounds one. sounds crazy, but Penn State's helmet's pretty cool. It's just the all white. See, that's just that in USC, like and Notre Dame, like those are just boring to me, you know. But like, I, uh, I like the flash and the pizzazz. Um, Western Michigan, as much as I hate them, they do have a good helmet. Um, Boise State, you could take their whole catalog, they've got some really good ones. Um, but let us I know, know which ones. Helmet. Who? Uh, NIU. Yeah, they they're much better now. And it's funny that you say that, Zach, because I have BuzzFeed's article pulled up here and it says I ranked all 130 Division One college football helmets. NIU was ranked 130 <laughs> out of 130. This guy, for some reason, hates it. He says, sorry, okay. but I just hate darker text on black helmets. It looks so dull, but they're kind of like chrome and they pop. I don't know. I think I like them a lot. I'm a big fan. So uh, whoever this this guy is, uh, Jeremy Hayes from BuzzFeed, you're a doofus. They're good helmets. 130, that's just disrespectful. Um, but let us know who we missed. Um, I'm sure there's tons of them. There's some really good ones out there, especially like you said, Zach, with Oregon, if we wanted to get into all the alternatives and, you know, yeah. all those extra ones there. But um that was episode 143 of Typical Chicago Fans. Thank you to our sponsor, Connect Roasters Coffee. Make sure you go to connectroasters.com to pick up the best coffee 
around that you can possibly brew in your own house. Uh, follow us on Twitter at typical underscore Chicago, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give all those pages a like and a subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Check us there. Um, you can listen to and if you can rate or review, please do so. Uh, you can follow Zach on Twitter at Zalilia TCF and you can find me there at Boomy TCF as well. Thank you for joining us. That was episode 143 of Typical Chicago Fans. We love you all. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.